By the 21st century, one would hope that armed conflicts would have come to an end, but that's not the case. In 2017, there were 49 armed conflicts around the world that resulted in nearly 69,000 deaths. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is an armed conflict that's been going on for more than 70 years. I'm May Cannon, and this is Hashtag Activism. The Israeli-Palestinian conflict is considered a major armed conflict with numerous wars and escalation of violence over the past 70 plus years. The first major war was in 1948 when the State of Israel was established. There was another major conflict in 1967 called the Six-Day War, and in the 1970s was the Yom Kippur War. Since then, there have been two major intifadas, or uprisings, as a part of the Palestinian resistance movement. There have been three significant escalations between Israelis and Gazans in 2009, 2012, and 2014. In Israel, service in the military is a prerequisite for most of its Jewish and non-Arab citizens. Men typically serve around three years, and women serve around two years. Exceptions might be made on religious, physical, or psychological grounds. And Arab citizens of Israel, Palestinian citizens, make up about 20% of the Israeli population, but they're not conscripted into the military. In Palestinian society, there's been a history of armed resistance since prior to the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948. Violence as a means of resistance has ebbed and flowed over the decades, with the first intifada exercising many mechanisms of nonviolent popular resistance. During the second intifada, however, the first years of the 20th century, suicide bombings were a significant part of the violence utilized against Israelis. This history of violence is what makes the work of Combatants for Peace so profound. Combatants for Peace describes themselves as a group of Palestinians and Israelis who have taken an active part in the cycle of violence in the region. Israeli soldiers serving in the Israeli Defense Forces and Palestinians as combatants fighting to free their country, Palestine, from the Israeli occupation. They say this, quote, We, serving our peoples, raised weapons which we aimed at each other and saw each other only through the sight of guns. We have established combatants for peace on the basis of non-violent principles. Talking with us today are two of those former combatants. The first is Suleiman Khatib, one of the founders of Combatants for Peace. Suleiman is a Palestinian peace activist based in Ramallah. He personally was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize two times, and there's a biography being written about him that'll come out sometime next year. This is a part of his story, written in his voice, the voice of Suleiman, the Palestinian peace activist. In 1986, when I was just 14 years old, I informally joined the Fatah movement. I threw stones at soldiers, wrote graffiti on public buildings, prepared Molotov cocktails, and more. At the age of 15, stones were no longer enough. I wanted to find a way to get a weapon. A friend and I decided to steal the weapons from Israeli soldiers. In our attempt to grab their guns, we stabbed the soldiers. I was lost in anger and revenge, and I didn't see the soldiers as human beings. The soldiers were wounded, but thankfully no one was killed. We were arrested and sentenced to 18 and 15 years in jail, respectively. During this time, two of my brothers were arrested and imprisoned, and my mother's heart broke. 
Additionally, the Israeli army invaded her home and barricaded off my room with concrete, which only added to her suffering. During the first two and a half years of my imprisonment, I was placed in the juvenile section in the Hebron jail. The management and staff were extremely cruel. The use of torture was routine, beating prisoners, spraying tear gas into prison cells, and violently stripping prisoners were daily occurrences. And this was a jail for children. As I continued my sentence, I was transferred to the Janad jail in Nablus. There, I worked in the library and had the opportunity to read a lot. I never had a chance to get a formal education, but I educated myself in jail. We used to call prison the Revolutionary University. In addition to reading and watching documentary films, every day I participated in learning groups. I began to have new thoughts about the conflict and about the means for resolving it. In an attempt to learn about the enemy, I studied the history of the Jewish people and taught myself both Hebrew and English. It was then that I realized there are multiple narratives to this conflict for both our peoples. One day I had the opportunity to watch Schindler's List. I was deeply moved, and it changed my life forever. I realized that these enemies were actually human beings who were suffering profoundly. I reconstructed my worldview. I realized for the first time that I had mistaken the enemy. I had thought it was the Jewish people, but I was wrong. Instead, we have a common enemy, hatred and fear. I knew that if we could somehow unite against these common foes, then together we could end this conflict. These are the words of Suleiman Khatib, the Palestinian peace activist with Combatants for Peace, who we'll be talking to in a few minutes. The other person joining us today is Tuli Flint. Tuli is a Jewish Israeli coming to us from Tel Aviv, Israel. He was formerly a lieutenant colonel in the Golani Brigade of the Israeli army. It's the equivalent, roughly, of being a two-star general in the United States. Tuli is the highest ranking former officer in the peace movement in all of Israel. After his success in the Israeli military, it's quite profound to hear about his transformation into becoming a peace activist. Not only did Tuli lay down his arms, but he became a therapist working with former soldiers focused on treating trauma and post-trauma, mainly in the context of war and terror. Tuli tells a bit of his story about serving in the reserves in the Second Lebanon War. These are the words of Tuli. I advanced in rank, and during the Second Lebanon War, I was already a deputy battalion commander and later a lieutenant colonel. I commanded 700 soldiers. I finished my role as a battalion commander and moved on to serve as a therapist. In the 2014 war in Gaza, aka Operation Protective Edge, it shocked me. I saw up close the suffering of the soldiers and the Palestinians. I rediscovered what I had known long ago. The eyes and gaze of the trauma victims are the same eyes and gaze on both sides. Broken eyes asking, and now what? I met soldiers with moral injury for whom I had no answers. There was not an individual event that pushed me to be an activist for equality and peace. It was a continuum of unnecessary suffering on both sides. I joined Combatants for Peace about three years ago. And currently, I'm the Israeli general coordinator for the movement. Working with Palestinian former fighters and combatants is healing my heart. For me, the movement is a bridge between being a combatant fighter and being a man of equality and peace. These are the words of Tuli Flint, Israeli peace activist with Combatants for Peace. 
Suleiman and Tuli, you're coming from Palestine and Israel, and you were both former combatants. Um, in what capacity and what made you decide to lay down your arms? Uh, Tuli, let's start with you. In Israel, my understanding is the majority of Jewish citizens, with the exception of the ultra-Orthodox, serve in the military. And it sounds like that was a part of your story. Tell us about it. It's basically, you know, it certainly is part of my story. But um, I think that, you know, if we need to have a short answer for this, it will be the unbearable gap between the ideas, values, belief systems that I was told I should believe in, as opposed to what the army, as an army, as any army in the world is doing when it meets civilians. And I came to the conclusion after seeing the suffering from both sides that if I want to be true to my values and true to my to the belief systems and to what I believe would be, uh, you know, the way to do things, I cannot bear arms anymore and I cannot take part in the violent uh, in the violent part of of, of the occupation. And I, I needed to to come to terms with myself and with the value system that I believe in. And I want us to talk about that more. Let's hear from Suleiman. For Palestinians, being a part of resistance is often an expectation of young men in society. You're fighting for your freedom and end to the occupation. Um, it, it sounds like that was a part of your story. Is that right? Uh, yes. Uh, so just to put it in the context, we don't have an army, so it's a totally different situation than Turi and the Israeli side. Uh, for me, I grew up to be a part of uh, the land and the, the trees and the indigenous cultures that feel oppressed by the occupation system and um, grew up with the moral values um, belong to a family that also my older brother was in jail before and so for in my case i joined when i was 13 14 a local group a um, very small local group and uh, did uh, uh, whatever i could uh, to resist the occupation and i believe at that time that the only way to freedom by using what we call in our narrative arm struggle uh, so I was uh, 14 at that time. I ended up in jail when I was uh, 14 and a half. Uh, I was almost the youngest prisoner for some time. And I would say, you know, like, the, you know, I was attractive to, you know, Che Guevara, Arafat, and, you know, like a military solution um, and believe that was the good thing to do at that time. Through the years in jail, I was in jail 14 years and five months. I experienced nonviolence through a lot of hunger strikes, food, food, food hunger strikes, and other uh, learning in jail that uh, put me in a place where I no longer believe uh, there is a military solution for our conflict. And more than that, even ideological-wise, I became I deeply believe in nonviolence uh, way of living and struggling through nonviolence. 
which is really a part of the story and purpose and goals of Combatants for Peace. So you're both a part of that movement. And I've heard you at different times talk about transformation, seeking a different way, working for the freedom, not only of your people, but of people from the other side. And so for those outside of Israel and Palestine, what do you most want them to know? I mean, Suleiman, as a Palestinian, um, what do you most want people to know about transformation and the work you do with Combatants for Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this. I'm one of the people that started this uh, joint uh, shared Palestinian-Israeli nonviolence movement in order for us really to transform firstly ourselves and believe that change starts with me and uh, as to change our uh, transform also our communities here, uh, Palestinians and Israelis and believe that the liberation, the freedom of our peoples and the dignity of our peoples in both sides are uh, interconnected. Uh, both sides are deeply connected to this piece of land, the Holy Land, what we call it. And uh, we say always, if we as ex-fighters uh, that we try to kill each other in the past, we are able to transform and to change and to... Uh, uh, work together every other person could so in that that's really important message for us to say that this is not exceptional for certain people through the history uh, to choose this option for you know Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King uh, we talk about uh, you know Jesus and other uh, heroic people in the history that we learn about it's definitely a human that can change and we just give ourselves as example and that's why we use a lot our personal stories when we share with other people to inspire other people especially young people that there is another way and that's what we uh, try to separate this culture uh, from combatants or beasts to the uh, our communities there's another way. And so truly in a society um, where there's a lot of expectations in terms of the role of the military, you, know, you talk about your own transformation. What's that been like for you and what do you most want people to know? I totally agree with Suli, with my friend Suli here, that transformation is for everybody. And I would say that the first thing I would want people to know that we should be open to transformation. Because we cannot let our narratives control our lives. Narratives are very important. Narratives are, are the things, the, the, the fuel that burns and runs society on and runs the culture on. But if the narrative is is um, becomes, um, instead of a means, an end, and we fight over the narrative and who, of who is right and who is wrong, then we find ourselves doing stuff that we didn't want to do at the beginning. So I would like people, all people all over the world, to be open to question themselves, us included. Combatants for Peace are all the time questioning themselves. Are we doing the right thing? But, you know, the transformation is basically to go back to the values that when you go down into all cultures, all religions, all belief systems in the world, every belief system in the world would believe in the equality of human beings, would believe in the right of of self-determination for everyone and in human rights. 
the question is who we did who do we define human how do we define human and when we include in the world human everybody in a radical way everybody every human being on earth and i'm as a vegetarian i would include animals as well they need, we all deserve to have the right for equality and freedom so basically once we know that the transformation is to be open to check and look into our narratives and see how can we come to terms and do something that we believe in and not follow the narrative that we were told to to follow so so we ask questions which is the most important and most humanistic thing to do I love that you asked the question even of yourself um, and you're encouraging all of us to ask the question of, are we doing the right thing? And so in that regard, and we'll start with you, Tuli, um, what, uh, what would you most encourage people who are listening um, in terms of things they can do? I mean, all of us are asking the question, what's it mean for us to be engaged where we can be supportive of peace in the Middle East and peace between Israelis and Palestinians? And so what do you think people in the United States specifically can do to constructively engage to make a difference? Okay. I think that both sides, the interesting thing is that both sides believe that the other side Hasbara, the other side the propaganda is very good and their side is not heard. I see I hear Israelis say that the Palestinian propaganda is amazingly good and that's why the, the Israeli propaganda is not good enough and I hear Palestinians say the same thing. I think that what we can do is if we can really bring the notion that there is another way. If people can say, you know, share with others the, share, the joint memorial service, talk with others about the fact that there are Palestinians and Israelis who used to see each other through the barrel of a gun, and now we see each other as friends. Invite people for, for listening to us and to bring the... The, the narrative of a, of a different way to con to solve the conflict into into uh, existence and another thing is as an israeli i see that the power structure is so vicious here we are so powerful and i'm saying we as an israeli as someone who's been to the army who has a very modern free trying to be democratic country and the Palestinians are suffering, so we would like the the, the I would like the, the Palestinian narrative to be spread around, so people would support my friends and would help them to become strong enough in order to get their freedom. Thank you, Suleiman. How about you? What do you think people can do to be able to positively make a difference towards peace? Yeah. So. While agreeing with my friend Tuli, I would say uh, and uh, um, offer people or suggest people to be a pro solution than being part of the problem. Uh, at the end of the day, most likely the one that suffering here uh, are the Palestinians that live under the occupation and also the Israelis being occupiers and the oppressed one, without comparing who's suffering more. 
Um, so usually we really like uh, the people that care, really to uh, care about our peoples in both sides while being aware of the power dynamic, of course. Uh, with, that means a lot of things that can be done in a practical ways. For example, even like uh, nowadays, while we looked from the corona, you know, like uh, people can uh, educate themselves, maybe can share the uh, Memorial Day, the Palestinian Israeli Memorial Day, maybe share stories, watch a, a movie like Disturbing the Beast and other things. Uh, that really uh, help to uh, cross the cultural uh, boundaries and also uh, support uh, and join the circles of activists that trying to create a new narrative uh, that include people from both sides as we believe that uh, our freedom and safety and dignity, as I said, connected and to support the right of people for both self-determination and for also um, the legal struggle using nonviolence. You've both given us wonderful things to think about. What does it mean to do the right thing? And I've heard each of you talk about not just material things like the physical laying down of arms and not being physically violent, but about this transformation that happens within us of uniting across religions, uniting across different stories and histories you know, mm-hmm. between Israelis and Palestinians. And so thank you both for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Now that you've heard these compelling stories from Combatants for Peace, how can we respond? How can each of us work toward peace and the mitigation of conflict in Israel and Palestine and in our own backyards? If you're interested in engaging more, the most immediate opportunity is on April 27th, where there will be a global memorial service accessible online, hosted by Combatants for Peace and others, honoring the lives of Israelis and Palestinians who've died as a result of the years of conflict. Churches for Middle East Peace, CMEP, is one of the many co-hosting organizations, and you can find out more on our Facebook page for CMEP. If you missed the 27th, the memorial service happens annually, and it's incredible, an event that brings together people who are supposed to be enemies, who've laid down their arms to pursue peace. In addition to standing in solidarity at activism events, engage with organizations like the Global Immersion Project that talk about how peacemaking should be a part of our everyday lives. They help show us how we can learn from peace activists like Suleiman and Tuli and apply those lessons in our own relationships and circumstances. For those of us who choose to follow Jesus as the Prince of Peace, Churches for Middle East Peace has resources for churches that can help us grow in our peace activism, study the scriptures, and learn more about what it means to be a peacemaker. Always be open to learning new things on this journey of transformation. You might have heard in Suleiman's story how transformative the movie Schindler's List was for him. Watch movies that'll expand your horizons and show you other parts of the story. The HBO series Our Boys, for example, tells the story of what happened in Israel in the summer of 2014, leading up to the 2014 Gaza crisis. Be sure to also check out our resources on my website at www.maycannon.com that accompanies hashtag activism episodes.
Much of the content from our conversations during episodes of Hashtag Activism come from my upcoming book, Beyond Hashtag Activism, Comprehensive Justice in a Complicated Age, out with InterVarsity Press on May 26th. You can pre-order your copy today at a local bookstore like heartsandmindsbooks.com or wherever books are found.